Welcome to the perfume room. Today I'm wearing like seven different scents, all from the one, the only, the ever-talented Marissa Zappas. Why, you might ask, aside from the fact that they are all beautiful, it is because I am in the process of curating the June Smell Club sample pack, and the theme is none other than a perfumer spotlight on Marissa herself. This month we'll be smelling five of her fragrances, plus a bonus sixth perfume room smell club exclusive before it goes on sale on lucky scent or her website so yeah i'm just figuring out which five are going to make the pack and as always smell club will be the last week of the month and it's like this every month there will be multiple sessions to choose from so hopefully if you are interested in this you can find one that works with your time zone and your schedule and unless you plan to source these fragrances on your own you just have to live somewhere where lucky scent delivers And a little note on that, if you've seen on the podcast's Instagram page, which if you're not following, why the heck not? It is just at Perfume Room Pod on Instagram. The sessions fill very quickly, usually within a few hours, and I always give early registration priority access to current and past Smell Club members, as well as anyone who has asked to be on the email list. So if June Smell Club with Marissa Zappas is exciting to you and you want to ensure your spot, definitely message me and I will make sure to add you to that list. Okay, some fun personal news this week is that I am attending the Fragrance Foundation Awards, aka the Fifi's. I am so excited. I'm very stressed though because I don't have a dress yet. For context, today is Monday. The event is Thursday. This is not for lack of trying. I have tried on like 30 different dresses. And let me just tell you, if you wear the same size on top as you do on bottom, God bless you. You're in the Lucky Sperm Club. Um, Okay, that is a phrase I've never said before and I will never say again unless it is specifically about Secretion Magnifique. But last night, I couldn't figure out what to watch on TV. I have no idea why or how I landed on this particular documentary, but I found some random documentary about the rise and fall of Elliot Spitzer as told by the very unbiased Elliot Spitzer. And one of his former colleagues was being interviewed and was like, Elliot was part of the Lucky Sperm Club. And I was just like, I don't think that that is the right choice of words for this man at this time. Um, So anyway, as soon as I finish recording this episode, that is my agenda for the rest of the day. I'm going dress shopping. Send me luck. And if on Thursday you would like to follow along with my evening and see all the wonderful people that I meet, including so many former guests of this podcast, definitely follow my Instagram stories. Thursday night, I will be posting live from the red carpet and the event itself. Now, let's get on to today's guest, who will also be in attendance on Thursday night, a very special person. Today, we are joined by Boy Smells creator, Matthew Herman. Matthew began his career as a fashion designer, working with brands including Hervé Legere, Perenza Schooler, Kendall and Kylie, Zach Posen, and Nasty Gal. Matthew then took his vision, creativity, and technical design experience into the art of candle making. And what began as a fun kitchen experiment has since grown into what we know and love today as boy smells. And as you will hear from Matthew in this interview, he loved fragrance too much to not be a part of it, which is a large part of why this beloved candle brand has since expanded into fragrance. Boy Smells witfully flips the script. 
I had to say that like five times to get that right. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Boy Smells witfully flips the script on the constructs of gender or in some instances lack thereof in both the fragrance and candle categories in a term that Boy Smells has coined genderful, which is a term that is meant to celebrate the range and richness of gender rather than dissect it or neutralize it. His imaginative ideas, artistic acumen, and commitment to authenticity are what have catapulted Boy Smells from an indie startup to an internationally recognized award-winning brand with notable collabs with big-name celebs like Casey freaking Musgraves, okay? Because I'm all right with a slow-burn candle. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Casey, I am also open for collabs. If you, I don't know, want to lay down a track with me or anything. Okay, I'm done. Without further ado, here is Boy Smells founder, Matthew Herman. Welcome to the Perfume Room. What a pleasure it is to be talking with you today. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a Friday. We are getting there. It is almost the weekend. <laughs> what are you currently wearing? Uh, no, I'm not wearing anything right now. I have to be totally oh. honest with you. Um, I usually start my day without wearing anything because reviewing submissions um, mm -hmm. is usually a part of my day. And so if I'm wearing something and then something else comes in um, from the fragrance house or from a perfumer, then it like gets in the way of me being able to, you know, try that thing on and, and wear it throughout the day. But yesterday I was wearing um, one new submission for something that we're coming out with next year. So that was Ooh. fun. Is there anything you can say about it or it's still top secret? I can't say really anything about it i loved it but it didn't like fit the brief specifically so mm. we have given a few perfumers briefs just about like if you were to turn this candle scent into a fine fragrance like what you know what would your interpretation of it be um mm -hmm. and i've given like a lot of direction and mood boards and all this stuff and so um we got something in yesterday that i really love but it was like a pretty huge departure from the candle, you know? So there's always kind of balancing like what you want out of it. And then, you know, what, especially with this process, like what the customer's expectations might be, you know? Mm -hmm. And hopefully we're ticking off both boxes at the same time. I know you have turned several of your amazing candles into fragrances. How are they, like Hinoki Phantom, for example, how mm -hmm. is the fine fragrance for your body different than the candle in terms of like what it smells like? Hinoki Phantom um, was made by a perfumer who has since retired, the candle was. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't get the opportunity to continue that work into a fine fragrance. And uh, so... Um, we really kind of struggled with it a little bit. Also, when you put something in alcohol, it really pulls the fragrance apart more. Right. Like, you know, with really like the top notes, the middle notes and the base notes become a lot more exaggerated into like peaks and valleys. Whereas mm -hmm. like in wax, things can kind of become a little bit more linear and, you know, there's a little bit more of like a, a bow wrapped around it, you know, when it's mm -hmm. in wax form, but the alcohol, obviously the molecules are evaporating through the alcohol process. And those top notes are the ones that like jump off the skin first and all that. So the Hinoki Phantom is like a pretty complex scent. So 
you know, things really express differently in alcohol than they did in wax. And you're also working with a much higher price point in mm -hmm. fine fragrance than you are in candles. So that's the awesome thing is when you work with a fine fragrance, you get this opportunity to like explore like, you know, an extended palette that might, mm -hmm. because of price reasons or scientific reasons, might have been outside of the scope of possibility. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the great thing about, you know, getting to take a candle into fine fragrance is that you'd get to kind of come out with like the like deluxe, you know, amplified, elevated mm -hmm. version of what, you know, the work you started in the candle. So um, we were working with a perfumer at at Givadon and they had shown me something that was not for Pinocchio Phantom, but that I really, really loved. It was this very smoky, creamy accord. And so mm -hmm. we pushed that into fine fragrance. And then we started to like pile on a lot of those like really green cypress, LME, uh, juniper berry, you know, all these kinds of like really like uh, little frankincense. There's even a little bit of jasmine and a pear note in there, like from the candle mm -hmm. and like really started to layer it into um, this other accord, which we had discovered because the candle comes off as like almost like it's it smoky. It is, you know, cypressy, it's hinoki, but there's almost like this kind of like edible kind of like ambery, sweet, sappy note, you know, that mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like that feels like it's from the tree. Um, and that in candle form became so creamy and luxe right. mixed with the smoke. So, and that was what was really missing when we put it in alcohol with like the more direct translation. So when we found this like really gorgeous, smoky, creamy accord, we were like, ah, oh, this is like the missing piece, right? Like this right. is what we need to like, pull for like the fans of the candle to feel like fans of the fine fragrance. So, mm -hmm. um, it was a really interesting process. Um, and definitely not like a direct line, you know what I mean? I think like all creative things are, it's a zigzag, it's a circle. And then you kind of like, then you finally end up someplace. You just have to kind of keep pushing through it, but, um, it wasn't an easy one for sure. I, th mm -hmm. I thought it would be a really simple straight shot, but it, right. it was a little bit more complicated. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea that for fans of the candle, they can get the same DNA of what they liked in the candle, but you breathe new life and a new interpretation when it comes to the fine fragrance aspect. And I, yeah. it's very clear, even just hearing you talk about the process of creating this scent, that you are very well-versed in notes and fragrance. And I know that fragrance has been a passion of yours for a long time. Can you tell us a little bit about what you were wearing um, or what notes you were interested in before you uh, founded Boy Smells. I, there's like this great quote from Bonnie Raitt, I think, where she says she was like too big of a fan of music to not be a musician, you know? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I think, I, I feel like that is kind of like my journey or like that's a good metaphor for my journey into like um, being involved in fragrance. But, you know, fragrance for me was also like in wearing certain fragrance was kind of like hand in hand coupled with me becoming the person I am today, you know, as a queer individual, I think it took me becoming an adult to look back um, at my first kind of coming of age or like my adolescence and being like, did I actually explore all the things about myself, allow myself to embrace all versions and aspects of who I was, or did I grow up 
worrying a lot about my palatability for other people, potential, you know, lovers, uh, my parents, like my family, my friends, you know. Um, and I, I grew up in a situation where a huge community, a lot of support, you know, like, like everybody, like, like everybody like knew, like I knew so many people. We had such a big support network, which is so wonderful, but like also like you just have a lot of expectations about like, right. and you're trying to kind of like, you know, you feel like you kind of like people have an idea of you and you just need to like, you don't always give yourself the freedom to explore outside of that. So, um, you know, coming into my own and like really starting to embrace like a more of the traditionally feminine aspects of myself, which are things I think I used to be feel like were deficits against me or like weaknesses. Like I was like, these are the parts of myself that I like the most, you know, Mm -hmm. like these, these, and so why not take those and make them be my strengths, you know? And that's really kind of what led me to, exploring fragrances that were more floral in nature. I think, um, you know, I used to wear Tulip by Byredo. I used Mm -hmm. to wear Rose of No Man's Land by Byredo. Um, You know, these things that are like, even the the original um, Helmet Lang, Eau de Parfum, you know, was just, they were inherently more feminine, you know, Mm -hmm. than what a traditional like cologne would be, you know? So like being able to like wear these things and be like, it felt a, almost a little dangerous, but it felt like really elevated right. and like, and like really shined up and awesome. And I think that when you kind of have that like beacon of like, I see myself in this, but it's like, it's like better and cooler and like even like, it's a spectacular version of yourself that you're kind of mm-hmm. like finding in these olfactive combinations. Like mm-hmm. that's what I think is like so beautiful and moving about fragrance is that you can like find a version of yourself that not only like feels true to who you are, but it can almost like guide you towards like, like who you are aiming to become too. You know, it's right. aspirational mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. No, I mean, it's interesting too that the fragrances, some of the fragrances you mentioned were like, the Byredo fragrances, because I feel like that's a line that kind of markets itself to everyone. But there's a difference in what Boy Smells does versus a lot of other lines that, you know, call themselves unisex or genderless, and that you mm-hmm. have coined the term genderful. And I really want to talk about what that means to you and how you would differentiate that from these brands that are on the market that say, we are for everyone, we are unisex, we are genderless. Mm-hmm. So I think like, for me, I always say like my femininity is like the most powerful thing about my masculinity, you know, that like that I think that the two like that the spectrum of like what is traditionally thought of as masculine and what's traditionally thought of as feminine are both really important things to tap into. And if you're from different disciplines, maybe that's yin, yang, maybe it's sun and moon, you know, right. you know, whether that be like extrovertive and introvertive or, uh, emotional and, uh, accomplishing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's all these kind of dualities out in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a yoga teacher once that said like the lunar plus the solar equals the stellar, you know, and that's kind of how I view genderful. It's like, 
the masculine and the feminine parts of your personality and your power spectrum, if you combine them together, you're just like running on double, you know, amplification of like you're enlightened. what you're capable of. Yeah. And like, and genderful, and when it comes down to fragrance, just means mixing traditionally masculine and traditionally feminine scent notes together. So mm-hmm. at one point when, you know, during the metropolitanization of America, like blue was invented for boys and pink was invented for girls. Like we right. see gender roles be marketed to and divided um, in applications, like, like much, much, much more strongly. Whereas like when people were more rural, like gender role, everybody's just helping out kind of, there's a little bit more of an equal playing field. Right. So when people are like going into the city and businessmen and housewives staying at home, all of a sudden men are supposed to smell like woods and musks because they're like strong and capable and hunters and going out and making and like bringing home the dough. And yeah. women are supposed to be like, smell like florals and fruits because like they're, you know, precious and delicate and fragile. And I think you kind of see the beginnings of these like kind of, fallacies of toxic masculinity and female fragility that's actually like reflected in traditional fragrance so you know for us gender full is really like let's take all those musk those woods and let's mix them with spices and fruits and flowers and just weird Mm -hmm. stuff and like bring out the duality of what people are capable of and like like what like different parts of themselves i see kind of as scent notes like Scent notes bring personality to the fragrance, you know, by combining different things together. And that's like everybody's personality is like different tastes, different interests, sexuality, politics, taste, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Like we're all combinations of things. And I think that the less rules around that and fragrance, like the more it encourages for people to have like less rules about that for themselves. So Mm -hmm. for us, gender full is really just a celebration of like in a sense of permission to just go out and create your own mixology in the world and express yourself through any combinations of like aspects of your personality. And that's just like more of like a sense of freedom and a celebration. I think that Mm -hmm. genderless can be very like neutering. It's like less than gender, whereas gender full is a celebration of, of everyone. You know, it's like we're living in the day and age where like, Harry Styles on the cover of Vogue and a dress and, mm-hmm. you know, people transitioning their, their, their identities as being celebrated. Like everything like comes into that filter for us. I think people would be like, well, you know, you had that big collaboration with Casey Musgraves. Like how is she genderful? I'm like, she's a liberal woman, like writing and producing her own music and like In the country. most like, conservative, right. yeah. like boys club driven, you know, section of music and so for us it's really just about like expanding you know ideas and possibilities and like Mm -hmm. making space for more people and you know more permission for everyone to be invited to the party i hope you are loving this interview with matthew i am interrupting to bring you my top sniffs of the week and wyatt uh, saw Top Gun 2 recently and was feeling very inspired and created a new audio track for the podcast. So Wyatt, I'm going to let you uh, cue that up right here. Zone. That was um, recorded by Wyatt himself 
Wyatt on vocals, thank you so much. And I guess from here on out, whatever the intermission spritz segment becomes will be a part of the fragrance zone. Okay, anyway, this week we are doing top sniffs of the week. And I did already post these on my Instagram in real time. But this weekend I found myself in Hudson Yards. And should you ever find yourself in the same place, you must go to the store on the first floor called The Conservatory. It has an amazing selection of niche fragrance, home scents, and my favorite kind of jewelry that is like dainty yet also statement-y. You know what I mean? It's like little and cute and like nimble, but also eye-catching. Also, if anyone listening to this happens to be a friend or family member and you ever want to buy me a nice present, let me direct you right to that store. Anything in it will do, please and thank you. Anyway, they carry so many amazing niche brands, including Costa Brazil, Bastide Aix en Provence, Ex Nihilo, I'm, I might pronounce some of these wrong, Della Girard, Timothy Hahn, Diaz and Durga, Maison Detto, Ordo Parisi, Nasamado, Henry Rose, Byredo, Rhodes, Lumira, Sal Privé, Photogenics, Sana Jardin, Fisher, Harmonist. I'm probably forgetting some, but I obviously did a very cursory sniff of every single fragrance in the store that I had not smelled before. And I'm going to share with you some standouts. Caveat again being that this is based on very quick first sniff impressions. So there are probably some that should have made this list that didn't, or maybe some that did make this list that shouldn't have. Okay, first up, gotta talk about it. I already bought a bottle. Nasamato Varianda. Was I living under a rock? Has this fragrance been out since 2016? Yes, but oh my God, it is amazing. It is boozy, it is whiskey, it is pulpy, it is sweet. At first I was like, okay, this kind of reminds me of like an Aperol spritz. Like I couldn't quite place it because I was getting something fruity, almost like apple juicy mixed with something boozy. But then I thought about it longer and I was like, no, Emma, go to your liquor library. Where have you been? What have you drank? And I was like, no, this smells like an amazing whiskey sour with Luxardo Maraschino cherries. It's like sweet and tart and boozy and warm, but pulpy. It's like if Angel Share created like a fruity summer flanker, I feel like it would be this. And obviously I just waxed poetic about this store and yet I'm not supporting it, but I did find it on FragranceNet for $60 cheaper. It retails for $185 on FragranceNet. I was able to secure it for $123 and I did not think twice. It's already on its way. Next up, Maison Detto Noisette. Now this brand's kind of expensive, so I don't know if I would get a bottle of this, but if you are an Oris head, you must try Noisette. I mean, it was just... It's one of the prettiest orises I ever did smell. It's a little similar to me to Iris Nazarene by 80s Venustus, probably butchering that name. And it is a lavender oris fragrance. Now, you know my thoughts on lavender, not a big personal fan. I really don't get the lavender that strongly in this scent. To me, this is just like an oris butter home run and I love it. And lastly, I'm gonna give you a twofer, okay? Because Smell Club is always on my mind and we just did Orange Blossom and Narrowly, I have to talk about Bastide Aix-en-Provence, Narrowly Lumière. It's just the easiest to wear, nicest Narrowly for everyone who loves the Glossier U body wash, very specific reference, but it has come up a few times in my DMs and in Smell Club. You gotta try this. So lovely, slightly honeyed, very fresh. And Berber Blonde by Sana Jardin. And that is also just a lovely... Breezy narrowly with some nice citrus notes. I really get the pedigree and bergamot. Happy, flowy, easy, breezy, lemon, squeezy, but not lemon, bergamot, and narrowly. Okay, great. Let's get back to Matthew. 
I've had some conversations with people about this idea of, you know, unisex fragrances and putting that in air quotes for people listening. And it's almost like they've taken these strict lines of binary of like, this is a fragrance for women, this is a fragrance for men, and made it, I don't think this is a word, but like a trinary, like, okay, this mm. is for men, this is for women, and this is the third category, and this is going to be a sandalwood scent. Like, I just feel yeah. like it It almost just takes what everybody complained was, like, putting things in, like, two camps only. It. Oh, I feel like a lot of brands have just been like, okay, well, now there are three camps. And I feel yeah. like what Boy Smells does is, like, no, it's, like, it's not about any one identity. It's just this idea that you celebrate everybody's unique individual gender and gender identity. Yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, like the Kenoki Phantom is traditionally like, there's a lot of traditionally masculine things in there. It's like very woody. It's very smoky, but there's like right. florals and fruits and stuff in there too. But if you're feeling like that's like part of your power equation for the day, yeah. like wear that. But if you're like, you know, feeling your sexy, you know, sacred feminine you're dropping down deep into that vibe today then wear your rose load or your violet ends you know like yeah it's not about it's like the freedom to be all of those things right whenever you want you know right. like and it's like like sex sexuality gender gender expression you know it it there is just it's all different and we're all different combinations of those definitions and i think it's just like identity is very, very three dimensional. And I think that it's really cool when fragrance also reflects that shift in how we're thinking. And it's full. It's not yeah. less. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a fullness. More. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm curious then, do you think, you know, in this day and age in 2022, do you think there is ever a time or a place for gendering fragrance have you ever seen a fragrance that's marketed as like for men or for women that you're like mm, that makes sense or do you think it's like just entirely antiquated i think it makes sense like if you see it and you're like i really relate to that you know yeah. i don't personally relate to that right but right. like if that's if that's your truth then i'm like yeah go get it but for me i'm, I'm not here to stand in the way of anybody doing what they want to do you know yeah. like that's 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 not what we're about, but, you know, I see, you know, I, I, I personally don't relate to like, you know, maybe a European fashion houses, you know, fragrance ad where they're like right. the bell of the ball or they're like, they right. spritzed it. And all of a sudden they're like having sex on a rock in the, well, on fragrance the ads in general. I know it, they're, they're so crazy. Like it's literally just like someone looking to something yeah. and then be like, just like being pulled to the ocean and like. I don't know. I, I, which is another thing. I think your marketing is so just like radical and inclusive and is just like throws everything you know about gen conventional gendered fragrance marketing. And is just like, no, this is just fucking sexy for anybody and for everybody. I like the, um, like there was a, I think there was an interview with Adele and they were like, and then she came out with her new album. They're like, we need more love songs. We need more this. And Adele was like, you know what? Like, or like, you know, we need this for like Gen Z. And she was like, I just want to make an album for people who are like going to therapy and doing the hard work and like learning to love themselves. You know yes. what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like I would rather see a fragrance ad where somebody's like, you know, I feel really self-actualized today. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like I see the, like I see the potential and beauty in myself and I'm celebrating that, you know, it's not like, yeah. Ooh, look, all, all the guys in bow ties looked at me. 
look, right. I'm validated, you know? Right. Like, no, it's like, like, I've worked through my trauma and today I'm going <laughs> to smell amazing. Okay. Well, I do have another question related to like gender and fragrance, just because this is something that comes up, you know, a lot. And I, I just feel like you're such an expert on this of, of just, do you think that there is a differentiation in marketing something as masculine and or feminine versus saying like, this is for men, this is for women. Yeah. I think masculinity and femininity are things that both men and women can and should tap into, you know, like, but I also recognize that like labeling them as masculine and feminine traits is somewhat inherently problematic. You know what I mean? Because I think it's more like when you think about, when I think about the things that like, are feminine about myself, it's more my ability to like see the common threads in the world and to like think holistically and to be like tapped into my emotions. And then I think like things that are more traditionally masculine are to think more like linearly and to be more like, um, I don't know, kind of be able to be binary, but in a good way as in to like qualify things into like this or that, like, Mm -hmm. and to like, you know, like really kind of more aggressively have hard lines on things in order to accomplish things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and like, and I think both your, your capability and your emotion together, that's like intuition, you know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. to know where you want to go and get it done mixed with your emotional intelligence and empathy to like navigate the humanness of everything too. Like to me, that is when I talk about pulling on both my masculine and my masculinity and my femininity, that's what I mean. I'm also a cancer. So I'm ruled by my emotions. Hence, I think like why I feel like very, very feminine, you know, because like I, I very, very much like, live by my emotional state too. And I think that that has been labeled as a female thing to be like emotional, you know? And I don't think being emotional is bad, but it's like been associated with women as a negative. And I think that's like what we need to undo, you know? Okay. So this has all been very enlightening and I want to take a few steps back because obviously I know Boy Smells started as a candle brand And I'm curious, you know, we talked about kind of like the fragrances that you were first wearing that inspired you. Were candles always a part of your life? No, I think fragrance was more a part of my life. You know, my dad wore like that green polo one. He Mm -hmm. also wore like Caswell and Massey, like green briar. So like there was definitely like this kind of like very green cologne that I think kind of informs a lot of, you know, maleness, you know? Yeah. And then my mom, I always loved her area because she had like powders and like bath beads and like, just like more like accoutrement, you know right. what I mean? <laughs> In her bathroom space yeah. that like wasn't necessarily like perfume, but they were like all like little, you know, you open the box of powder that she'd gotten on a trip to like Europe and it just smelled like violets and, you know, like it's more the cosmetic of it you know Mm -hmm. like not color cosmetics but more like the just the little indulgences you know that um that I really loved so I really fell in love and kind of felt fascinated by like 
both aspects of I think growing up and feeling like these things were like adult things, you know, mm-hmm. that I would like get to own and use one day. Mm-hmm. And then as like I hit, you know, my adolescence, I think, you know, I did embrace fragrance, like, you know, everything from like the gap days of like rain and earth and right. like yeah. grass and like those like super old school to the body shop of being like, I'm a mango whipped, you know, oh shea God. butter. Yes. Like, and then even into like baby blue jean by Versace to like, you know, getting my first like, um, I think I, I wore the Jill Sander cologne for a while. There was like, and then there's an Issey Miyake one. And I think like, I, you know, my background is as a fashion designer. So like, I mm-hmm. like, you know, I always love the world of fashion too. So like getting to enter into and participate in a brand through fragrance was definitely something that kind of overlapped for like what I do now versus like, you know, what I used to do. But both of my, both of my, my interests were kind of like conjunctured and like me being a teenager and being like, I can only afford this from the brand and I'm going to get it. And it's fragrance, you know? Right. It's also funny with like designer things when like the only thing you can afford is a fragrance. But that's another point of differentiation of boy smell is I think for the quality, 65 ml, $98, like you're in the two digits. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we like to call it inclusive price mm-hmm. point, you know, where like we hear all the time people are like, I have a whole drawer of boy smells at home. Like I take one to every like housewarming. Right. As soon as I run out of like one, I just light another one. And I love that you know, boy smells candles are not something that you buy once you put on your mantle, you feel guilty about burning. And it's like a status symbol, like when people come over, like, I think like, I I always say like boy smells is more of like a self worth symbol where like, I bought this, I bought it for myself, I'm gonna burn it. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, um, that sense of like, accessibility and luxury and being like, I deserve this but I can't afford to own it. Like that is like messed up to me. I'd rather yeah. be like, I deserve this and I need to choose how I spend my money. But like, this is totally capable. I'm totally capable of being able to incorporate right. this into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I might have to like, you know, not like, you know, I don't know, like maybe have two less drinks when, when you go out one night or something, you know, yeah. like, you know, at a, at a fancy restaurant. But like, you know, I don't want it to be like where you have to make like, oh, I bought this candle, like, and now I have to, like, I I need to, like, dial it back for the rest of the week. And there's right. something beautiful about that, too, you know, about, like, you know, making an investment in, in, like, one piece that, like, kind of, like, solidifies something for you about status. But um, I'm, that's not the game. Like, that's not what we're doing at Boy Smells. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I love our price point. I love that people are able to participate in it. And I think that it's great that people feel like uh, they get to feel like a bougie, worth it, you know, vibe, you know, without having to like, you know, break the bank. Absolutely. When did candle making start for you? And did it start of like, oh, this would be a fun night. Like I'll make a candle. Or did you like go in and like order ingredients? So, um, me and David Kean, the other co-founder of Boy Smells, we were um, romantically together when we started the business mm-hmm. and we were both in fashion and we talked really early on, like or, like one of our first five dates, just being like, 
wouldn't you love it if there was a shop that like we wanted to go to and like it had like all the stuff we like, but it wasn't like super tricked out, but it was like at a really like at a price point that we want to pay for it. Right. Just because we were both in fashion and I was actually, I moved to LA for my first fast fashion job, which was Nasty Gal. Mm. And Nasty Gal was so awesome because like, you could still like buy all the crazy vintage and like be inspired by it. And like, there was no sacrificing on like style or taste. It was just like brought to you very affordably through Mm -hmm. like slight simplifications and like more affordable fabrics and, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I was in love with this idea and I was like, you know, good taste has like, like you can apply that to like even the most simplest things. And like, our box isn't super tricked out. Like our glassware isn't super tricked out. And like when we started, we were just like, what stock paper is there? Like what's an existing candle vessel? Um, And, you know, we just wanted to bring this sense of like um, kind of the tricks of like making something affordable. We wanted to Mm -hmm. apply that to home. And so um, David like started making the candles and we were going to like, like the candle supply place in the Valley on the weekend and stuff. And then, he wasn't very good at making fragrances. So I was like, well, let me like whittle on this while you figure out how to make it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we were just buying stuff off the internet and mixing it together at home. And like, that was boy smells for like the first two and a half, three years. Like it was, don't tell, but like, we didn't know anything (laughs) about like safety or flashpoints (laughs) or like, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, we were really just like, our naivete was kind of our greatest strength. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, we did not come from this industry. We didn't know anything. And we didn't even know where to look to get to find out. And we right. were just like figuring it out one step in front of the other. Um, and also we called up Boy Smells and put it in a pink box. And we were like, no one's going to buy this. We were just like, we just thought it was like fun. And like, that's yeah. what we wanted to do. And we were reclaiming this space. And I was wearing a lot of floral scents. And I'm like, fuck it. Like, I want to call it Boy Smells. And it's and we're going to make it pink. And like, right. and that was like us like, reclaiming space that felt like previously like where we weren't allowed to go and we're like well we don't care we're going there then I took it to work though and like all of my girlfriends at Nasty Gal were like you know they're wearing Tuscan Leather by Tom Ford or Song Call 33 by Lil Labo and they're wearing like boyfriend blazers and chunky Rolexes or you know leather motorcycle jackets or whatever and like they're I didn't realize like how much I thought I we were kind of like making like a gay candle for two queer individuals and mm-hmm. like I didn't realize how profoundly like like you know cis women would just love it because it was a, the sense of permission were like was also running the other way they were like oh it's called boy but it's in pink it's like like that sense of permission the doors that it opened to like cross the binary in both right. ways through scent like I didn't realize that it would flow both ways when we started it and the and the brand just took off like really really quickly we were just in you know a lot of big retailers right away like not not big but important retailers I guess like pinnacle stores like that other people look to for like their curation of like taste and style um and then you know a a few years later we were you know, picked up by Nordstrom, but just in their space area, which is like emerging designer. And then we moved down to the beauty floor and then, you know, space and K in the UK, space and K in the US, um, mm-hmm. you know, Mecca in Australia. Oh my like, God, you amazing. know, 
And now we're like, you know, we're all over the place. And that's really, right. and that's been really fun. And also like really nice to like surprise yourself to like put a glass, like to realize that you put a glass ceiling on yourself and your ideas. And then, I don't know, it's been a great metaphor for me, like to just, you know, believe in myself and my identity. And like, it's been like, Boy Smalls is kind of like the brand I wish I had when I was like, a you know, younger. And like, it's been like a really great kind of like, full circle process for me and like loving myself and you know all that kind of stuff I mean your success is is amazing and in such a short period of time and I think what you said about like how naivete was your like greatest gift like there's so much power in not knowing what you're up against because I feel like it just you're just like of course we're gonna do this of course we're gonna do it and I think the people who know all the like obstacles don't go as far because it's like what you were saying like you are the person who tells yourself no more often than not. Yes. Right? So the sky is the limit. I was talking to my friend about this who's like, I don't really like listen to like TED Talks and stuff like that. But I was like talking to my friend about this like aha moment that I had when Fermanish, one of the big fragrance houses, they approached us to like talk about new business, you know? That's amazing. And we were like, okay. And then like, we were just kind of like, oh shit, like we didn't even think that was ever be possible. Like we yeah. like, like, literally, we never thought that would be like possible to work with like a big fragrance house. And I, and so we went to their offices in New York and like they were, we were looking at their trend reports for home fragrance and like Boy Smalls was on like four different pages. Like, and I was just like, oh shit. And then I was talking to a friend about this who's like really much more into like, you know, that whole world of like, becoming your best self and, you know, like doing a lot of like work on yourself and like TED talks and, you know, all the, you know, and she was just like, oh yeah, you've been like suffering from imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? I was I, like, blew my mind. I was like, oh my God. Like I have been holding myself back from mm-hmm. like my own success and like believing that like fragrance houses would want to work with us. And now here we are, you know, like many yeah. years later and with Firm and Yeesh, we're nominated for best universal fragrance of the year. I saw uh, that. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, that's crazy. And like, I, and I made that with Frank Vogel who made Santal 33. It's like all it's, like, so like, so crazy so cool. full circle. I, yeah. I mean, I want to get to the Fermanish stuff because I think that that's amazing. Um, but I'm also curious, just going back to, cause I just have to know as you guys were developing these candles and you said like, you didn't even know like the fire hazards and all that stuff. What was it, something that came out of that that you were like, oh, we're keeping this between us. This is terrible. And something that you were like, this is profound. Uh, we have created something amazing. Oh, my gosh. I don't. Those are big questions. When we first started out and like the wax would pool because we started in like the winter and we were like doing all the production on like literally this dining room table that I'm sitting at right now, you know, in our kitchen. Which wow, is where it happens. Me over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are oil stains from oil vats all over the hardwood floors oh of God. this house. Yeah. Uh, It'll add to the resale value someday because they'll be like, the Boy Smells <laughs> founders, like it's the original oil. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put it as like a company expense maybe in like five years when we can afford yeah, it. Yeah. Um, the candles would like cool, you know, and it was like during winter and I live, my house built in 1909, it doesn't have central heating. And so like the candles would cool really fast and they would like, like the wax would crack, you know, like that happens sometimes when like wax cools too fast, you know? 
And so we would like turn the fireplace on and like put all the candles out, you know, like around the fireplace and then slowly turn the fire down, mm-hmm. blow slowly, slowly, so that like, <laughs> you know, the candles wouldn't, so that the wax wouldn't crack, you know, during the cooling process. And then when we finally were able to afford to go to a candle factory, you know, we saw like as the final process, all the candles go under a heat lamp to get that perfect like melt on top. Or they have like a heat gun that you can just buy at Home Depot. And right. we were like, what? Like, yeah. you, you don't have to put it next to a fireplace <laughs> to like, you know, like, like that was a moment when we were like, I mean, it's like so embarrassing. I was like, let's never tell anyone that we, this is how we thought you like cooled a candle, you know, or like, or that you solved for this problem, you know? Yeah. Um, but I also, you know, it's fun because you learn things the, the hard way. And I guess like the aha moment is kind of like that moment that I told you like about it, like Fermanish, you know, like right. when you like realize that like other people, like that, like bigger brands are like, like large beauty conglomerates who have home fragrance in their portfolios are right. literally like paying people for trend reports and market reports where you're being featured as like what's happening, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. Like I, what? Like I didn't even, you know, like that kind of stuff where you're just like that, that, that kind of thing, like totally like knocks your socks off, you know? So what was that like going into Furmanish and like the moment that they reached out to you and just the entire collaboration process? Yeah. So, I mean, we started working with Furmanish and Roberté like right around the same time. And we worked on our first five fine fragrances with both of them and they both have things in, in them and it's amazing and um, amazing experience and you know um like each fragrance house has like a different vibe they have different right. team members different perfumers they have access to different raw materials to access to different man-made molecules and like you know so like different palettes and different points of view on how to foster relationships and do business and Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's really interesting each one has a very different you know kind of roster of talent you know that you can tap into i i I really enjoy they're the most important relationships that we have you know um and um yeah I, i i love the teams there and and i love getting to kind of like I said before, that kind of like that Bonnie Ray quote, like I was too big of a fan of fragrance to like not be right. involved in fragrance. So like when I get to like work with certain perfumers, like I like geek out. Right. I'm curious as a brand founder, brand owner, do you have to have exclusivity with one fragrance house? Like you can be like, oh, Roberta, you do these for Fermanish. And I think you mentioned Givadon earlier too, right? Like you can yeah. spread it out. Well, we'll, we'll take our... We'll take our, it depends. Like we work different ways. So if there's one project where I'm like, I don't want to give this to like a bunch of people. Like I know that I only want to do this with so-and-so. Like we'll just give it to them. Right. And then sometimes that goes nowhere and you're like, shit, we're getting down to like the wire where we're going to have to like, we have to make a decision to like go into production. I'm like, last minute, Hail Mary, let me just send it to so-and-so. And Mm -hmm. And like, we've had really big successes with that too. Um, so it kind of depends, but usually we'll take our, like, we just solidified our, like, kind of all of our product development ideas for next year. 
And I will then like probably share that out with each of the fragrance houses. Mm. And there may be certain things that like I don't include or certain things that I do include, like depending on who I know I want to work on it, Mm -hmm. who's on their roster, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it just depends. But like usually we open up the business and welcome everybody to, to if they want to, you know, submit and, um, be considered for being awarded the business. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Um, but sometimes it's hard too, because like, right. you know, if you don't adopt something from someone, you don't want to like, you know, like you want to be respectful of their right. time and Absolutely. their resources and stuff like that. So it's a, um, th- it's all built on relationships and having like honest conversations and dialogue. And, you know, we try to be like, you know, do you want to submit for this? Like, we are showing it to other people, like, mm-hmm. you know, like trying to go into things eyes wide open about like, you know, totally. it, we're not exclusively offering this to you. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I always wondered how that, how that worked from the brand side. So, um, I'm curious then, like if we looked at the line of fragrances that you guys have right now, that they're a mix of Fermination Roberté fragrances. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's like a distinct style of like, oh, yeah, you could tell that's Fermination or like, oh, you could tell that's Roberté? No, it's more like down to the perfumer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, that's so Frank or that's so Clement or that's so Jerome or that's mm-hmm. so, you know, like just whoever you're working on right. it with, you know, like you kind of like get to know their personalities mm-hmm. of things, you know? Um, so there's certain kind of, like it's kind of like a musician you know what i mean like certain like chord progressions or like certain like you know keys or certain like you know frameworks of songs like you're kind of like oh that's so them to do that you know what i mean that's so frank vocal yeah exactly like like to turn it on its head in a certain way or to like be able to like do reimagine a classic in this way or that you know like some people just are like do really beautifully balance things, you mm-hmm. know? And like, you know, you're going to get like that really great balance. And like, there's certain people that are like legends that we do work with. And you do. There's certain yeah. people that are like younger and newer and don't have this huge history of, you know, products that are out on the market, but we've definitely kind of like narrowed our focus. We're like, these are like the three or four perfumers that we consistently go back to with success and we have, a, and they very much understand our brand and our brand DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like Jerome Epinette at at uh, Roberté, we have just a ton of stuff with. And then Frank Vogel at Fermanish, uh, we have a ton of stuff with. Um, Clement at Fermanish, we have a lot of stuff with. Um, you know, there's just uh, Christine uh, Hassan at uh, at Givadon. We have a lot of stuff with. She's much younger and like. Maybe people might not know of her as much, but, you know, um, all of these people we feel like kind of are like our close collaborators. Hmm. So when you were creating the briefs for these fragrances, um, like, was there any fragrance that felt most like you or most like this is a fragrance that I would like to wear that I don't see in existence? I mean, I'm sure you could say that about all of them, but one that's like particularly like close to your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say that um, Suede, Pony, and... A violet ends are the probably the two closest to my heart, just because like I really feel like those fragrances. Yeah. Like I really would I want to like 
be fun but cool you know like express that like more elevated but expressive i and like i i i joke around a lot like i have a sense of humor i'm not like a, like a super serious person mm-hmm. like but i i don't want that to ever feel like not elevated or chic you know right. like that's what suede pony is it's got like it's insane it's like it's like plum and coconut and hazelnut and suede and saffron and like and violet and it's just like what is like if i read all those things together on like an olfactive pyramid i'd just be like i don't think i'm gonna try that right. you know but i love it it's like and it feels very neat then violet ends is this like kind of like steely violet with rhubarb and um black tea and tobacco uh smoked papyrus birch um and it's like this really really smoky like the bergamot too so like mm-hmm. the bergamot and the rhubarb like give it this really sharpness on yeah. top and then all all like the tea the tobacco and the birch give it all this like moody smoky bitchiness and then the violet is this is like kind of like beautifully feminine kind of like almost cosmetic uh association so like that scent note but then it's like brought into this other world of like you know high registration and moodiness you know that like it feels super genderful to me too Mm -hmm. um but that's the one that where i'm like more like i want to like go to a big meeting and impress people and like feel like you know what i mean like feel like cooler than everyone else you know what i mean yeah totally or like you know it's, it's it's that more kind of like boss energy and then like sway pony is now kind of more it's more like my like hang out with my friends and like you know kind of energy totally okay well you didn't ask but i'm gonna just tell you that my favorites are i love violet and so much like i i i genuinely i know that this is not a note but it evokes the same feeling of like being in like a mezcaleria like there's just like that like Mm -hmm. that smoky like darkness and it just feels but like fun too like it's like a good night out yeah and then tantrum which we had been talking about earlier because I just think it's like the best verdant vegetal like I'm just oh I sniff this and I am just like in a greenhouse and one of the things that we talked about was the playful names behind the scents like you said that um mm-hmm. tantrum was supposed to what did you say like it was like someone having a tantrum in a greenhouse or or something like that <laughs> yeah well with tantrum it's like you know, there's all, it's like green peppercorn, black peppercorn. There's so even good. like a little bit of a wasabi note in there. You know, it's yeah. like a spicy, you know, um, and, but it's like green and there's like orris and there's mint mm-hmm. and there's, uh, you know, there's elemi and mate and like just like, it's just like this big old green thing, you know, mm-hmm. but it's sophisticated, but it was just so not afraid to just let you know what it is right. that we were just like, let's just call it tantrum, totally. you know, like even when we were smelling it, like early on, I was like, I just, and also it, it's funny because it's almost like, um, like an old Saturday Night Live skit about like obsession by Calvin Klein. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's like tantrum, you know, right. like it just, it feels kind of like one of these nineties or aughts kind of naming convention for right. A fragrance, but like turned on its head. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't expect something that's like known for its like green and like nature-like smells to go with that name. And then when it is just, it's a tantrum in a greenhouse. It's just like this loud in your face, green scent. And I love the metaphor of like shattering the glass ceiling and making yourself be heard. And yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, like I like, like sometimes you need to like throw a tantrum, like when 
shit needs to be called attention to. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I must ask about the Casey Musgraves collaboration because that is huge. You know, I did see in an article that she actually reached out to you guys because she was a fan of your candles, which like, was that, was that like another aha moment for you? I mean, you're talking about Furmanish, but like Casey Musgraves, like love her. I know. It's crazy. No, she just DM'd us and was like, Kush is my favorite fucking candle. I love y'all. That's it. Bye. <laughs> like, like all in like, oh my God, I saw you open for Willie Nelson like four years ago, like on New Year's Eve. And I saw you in Marfa like three years ago, you know, but these are like, you know, like little stages in Marfa or like, you know, she was opening for somebody. And like that album cycle that she was on when she DM'd us was um, Golden Hour, which was really kind of when she just kind of went from like, like cool country music artist to like, crazy big mega star and i was like oh stop by the studio if you're ever in la and then she's like we should do a collab and i was like yeah and then we were working on cowboy kush at the time mm-hmm. and i was like oh what if we did cowgirl kush because you know she was like kind of yeah. smoking weed and stuff like that so then we were like golden hour would be such a cool candle name and they were like oh my god slow bird would even be like better and so um she invited me up to her uh shows in new york city and then we went to two fragrance houses and sat and smelled a bunch of stuff all day. Yeah. And then um, we just, like, we both really fell in love with the scent that ended up being the candle, mm-hmm. um, which was, um, you know, started by Jerome at, Jerome Epinette at, uh, at River Tay. And then, you know, we kind of, like, pushed, you know, we kind of, you know, first mod, we were like, we really liked the beginnings of this. And then both me and Casey worked um in collaboration with jerome to like you know push it a few months later uh to to what the center is today but it's it's wild it's incense and raspberry and elemi and rose and tonka bean it's just like it's a really glorious scent it is glorious and i'm curious like with that process were you guys more focused on like let's just create like an amazing smelling candle or was it at all like loose interpretation of like the song or the meaning behind the song like yeah 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 like casey actually wrote like a little paragraph that was like half kind of like the lyrics of the song and half just things that she like interjected Mm -hmm. and we added it into the brief i created like a visual mood board Mm -hmm. and a list of ingredients that i thought would be interesting to explore in it Mm -hmm. and then she wrote this beautiful paragraph about it and um she talks about drinking Negronis, I think, in the song. It's like the last sips of a Negroni. So when we went to Roberte, they served Negronis like at the at the the smelling, oh which was God. so fun. And it was also our last stop of the day. It was the afternoon. It's like we all like needed a drink at that point. That's and so, so fun. and we selected two things and then we narrowed to the one and and it, it was definitely about we felt like that scent Versus the other one felt like the true kind of um, the true manifestation of the lyrics and like what it meant to like be a slow burn. There's just so much incense, like the tonka bean, like there's also like a nectar, like like squeezing the last drops of savoring something really felt like like really a lot more true in that scent versus Mm -hmm. anything else we smelled. Mm. Okay, so this was just making me think about what you were talking about earlier. You mentioned you had been smelling a mod that smelled absolutely amazing, but you didn't feel like it fit 
quite like the brief objectives. If you ever smelled something amazing, but it didn't quite match the scent that you were going for, would you ever like create a fragrance around that smell and be like, mm, this doesn't smell like this, but oh, yeah. yeah. Just curious. We've made up launch. We've we've made up launches yeah. just to like because it smells like, so good, right? We like like literally like I'm like, what is this? We have to do something with it. I'm making room for yeah. it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, totally. like like that happens all the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we get to the final segment of the show, what's next for Boy Smells? What's something exciting that we can look forward to? Yeah. So we'll have um, some category. Uh, new categories like uh, in the coming year which will incorporate scent but won't just be fine fragrance or candles um, can't say much more beyond that um, we did a really cool pop-up in Los Angeles uh, this past holiday and we'd love to do something in New York we're exploring that potentially cool. for um, next year um, so and then we have all sorts of really exciting stuff that I would say more about, but I'm sure people at the company would get mad at me for spilling the beans. So okay. I'm not going to say too much, but yeah, we've got more candles, more fragrances, new retailers, new collaborations, like there are all, all sorts of like really exciting stuff coming the rest of this year. Okay. You guys heard it first. Something big, lots of big things. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the final segment of the show, Matthew is called what's that smell? What's that smell? And it is rapid fire scent association. And I will just throw out people, places, things, times. You just tell me the first smell that comes to mind. Sounds good. Let's play What's That Smell. Matthew, what is the smell of New York City? Uh, it is like when it rains and it's grimy, but it's like kind of dirty, actually. Like just like kind of that wet, dirty smell mm. that I love yeah. so much. Yeah. <laughs> What is the smell of Austin, Texas? Oh, it's like hot wood, right? It's a, it's that arid, um, hot heat, um, like green, fresh outside vibe. Mm. What is the smell of your childhood home? My childhood home, potpourri. My mom loved just like dried flowers, like in a basket by the, yeah. you know, yeah, 1980s home fragrance at its best. Yeah, like 80s and 90s was just like a big, like a nice woven basket of potpourri, I feel. Yeah. What is the smell of your current home? The smell of my current home is a mid, big mix of everything that we're working on currently. So um, right now I have mods out of all different stuff that were coming for the rest of the year. And um, so it's kind of usually, much like my skin, it's like whatever's coming next for boy smells is usually what we're smelling. What is the smell of boy smells? Boy smells is a mix of flowers and fruits and musks and woods and spices. It is, you know, it's the, it is the spectral view of masculine and feminine set together. I so I'd it. say like roses and cedar, you know, like, mm -hmm. or, you know, that's a, that kind of always that duality. Okay. The final question. What is the smell of Matthew Herman? I mean, depends on when you're catching me in my day. <laughs> um, no, but I, I hope that I like that, you know, the way I see myself and I think about how I'm scented or what scents feel like me or just like ideas that might be more that used to feel or feel like, on peripheral that are elevated and celebrated and make to, and made to feel like luxurious and like in the fold, you know? So 
as somebody who kind of felt like outside of the norm, you know what I mean? I think elevating and celebrating uniqueness as kind of like the destination versus like where you don't want to go, you know, mm-hmm. I think that that's, mm-hmm. I want that to always be kind of like what I smell like. That's beautiful. Um, Matthew, it has been such a delight, such a great Friday treat to have this conversation with you. For people interested, um, where can they follow you and or Boy Smells? And where can they shop for Boy Smells? Yeah, follow us at Boy Smells, uh, www.boysmells.com. Boy underscore underscore smells on Instagram. Um, You can find us at Nordstrom. You can find us at Space and K in the U.S. Um, Lots of great local retailers as well. So lots of places to come and find us and... um, yeah, hopefully we'll be seeing you in a with our own stores in a in a city near you soon too. Very exciting. Thank you, Matthew, so much. It's been so great to chat with you. Oh my god, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Perfumer is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon, and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez.